large vacuum mode, clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen a link to the corner. Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back to the this bike might be pretty smart, I think. Nevada Hood and the Autumn Sun goes for the lead at the 200 metres, put down a length and a half, two lengths, Vasilina, and extends the Autumn Sun, three or four lengths in front, and Syrian racehorse, the Autumn Sun, blazes in spring, bumps in six lengths. Yes, welcome back. Look, after a pick of grass, a little layoff, we've had a couple of weeks off just to refresh after a really, really big end to the, a fantastic autumn, really. Um, welcome back to the Second Again podcast. Look, we're going to be going from this time now till late November, early December. It's a really exciting few months coming now. Jacko, Laurie, welcome back, brother. How are you? Mate, fantastic, fantastic. As you say, we are in for the long run, guys. We are locked in. Probably a couple of weeks away from the really good racing, those really, really smart horses coming back, but just a good opportunity to get the eye in, have a good look and sort of come in ready to go first up. What's been happening in life, Jacko? Tell me, mate. Like, what's what have you been doing with your time off? I know it's, um, I know you're, you, you are a bit tentative on the punt at this time of year, as we all should be. Have you been having to play? What have you been doing with your weekends? Look, in fairness, I want to say that I haven't been playing, but I think we both know what what the uh, what the real answer is. There's always a, a you know something punching through the bet slip on the Saturday and potentially a Wednesday or a Tuesday at graft, and you never know. But look, I, I wish I wish I wasn't, but yeah, still still having to play. I guess you got to stay sharp throughout the winter to try and capitalise in the spring. But um, mate, just firmly implanted in the rat race, to be honest, just nine to five or nine to six. Sometimes it feels like seven to 10, but you just got to sort of keep rolling, mate. You are family planted, aren't you? Like, I can't call you between the hours of sort of six and let's say six. I can't call you between those hours because you are literally glued to the screen, aren't you? Pretty much, mate. Pretty much. But I'll tell you what, something's got to fuel this lifestyle. You know, something's got to support the the degenerate lifestyle. So, you know, what I do plays a role. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've um, been having a play here and there. I, my biggest problem, well, not problem, God, not a problem at all in any way, shape or form, but we, um, uh, after footy training on Thursday nights, you know, sometimes we head up to the local sports club and um, we go up there for a Parmigiana, which is, you know, you think you're just going up there for a $20 feed. Then someone suggests, you know, a, a Coke, no sugar, or even a beer on a Thursday. <laughs> and all of a sudden then it's 20 weeks. And then someone throws up the idea of throwing a pineapple through the Bricky's laptops and shit hits the fan then. That's the problem. So that's been my issue at the moment. Um, I think I lost four weeks in a row, sort of around that $100 mark. Not mm. huge damage, but damage enough. And then clawed back last week with a really nice rounded dollar win. So I'm just going to just going to call it there. Yeah, well, it, it's it's the damage pride sometimes, mate. You know, it's the damage pride more than anything. You know, you can you can see a lot of red in the bet slip, but if you're happy with your bets and you'd have them again, it doesn't matter. If, you, if your pride is damaged, it's a different story. Absolutely. And when a computer's literally laughing at you, <laughs> eating money, there's nothing more deflating as a human being. Um, yeah, not going well. I've got another surgery in a couple of weeks for this thumb. Um, so keen to get that out of the way. Like, just getting dressed, things like that, Jackson. I think the last time we spoke, 
I was only just freshly into this cast. And the, look, the frustrations of building, mate, they really are building. The, the shoe tying situation, the knife cutting, writing with my left hand, it's all fucking annoying. Nah, get, get yourself right for spring, mate. As long as everything can go through the bed slip, that's the main thing. Just punch everything through that, that bed slip. Exactly right. I don't want to be betting on my laptop, so we've got to make sure this thumb's mm. handy. Um, look, really good opportunity this weekend to get our eye in. Even just for, through the podcast, a great opportunity for us to just have a chat and start looking at form again as we lead into the spring. Something that did really excite me was seeing all the futures markets update on the sports bet and the tab apps and seeing all those new those big races that are upcoming and all the all-ins. I don't know if you had a look at the all-in markets at all, but was there any, anything that came came to mind when you were looking? Look, it's there's a fair bit of bias involved, but I have been looking at the Golden Rose uh, and $50 into $26 for Swiss Exile. So just stay nice and patient there, guys. I, I, I thought $50 was the wrong price and the punters thought so as well. So they've knocked him in just a little bit, just had a little had a little look at him there just to make sure he's not too much of an outlay. But um He's trialing on Friday as well, as are a few of the really nice ones. I saw Animo was in at the trials on Friday. So a few really nice types returning. So exciting times, mate. Awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of horses that are returning to the trials at the moment. We obviously see some really good ones running around. Look, we've got Flemington and Sydney. So obviously um, they're racing at, at Randwick this weekend. We're going to go through a couple of races. So we're going to kick it off at Flemington. We're going to start. Race five is the Ori Star handicap. If are you ready to go, mate? I know it's been a while, mate. Yeah. I I am ready. Like I say, let's just get the eye in. Let's uh, let's get up and about. Let's get the punters back on board, mate. Well, here's an absolute treat for you. We got a 1200 meter handicap race up the straight with seven runners. Don't want you to get too excited, but <laughs> um, look, King of Sparta, top of the market after a really impressive win. I'm um, at Caulfield. It has to be said, is 260 top of the market. Shooting for gold, next line with Jamie Carr, 390, with Serious Suspect at 460, Stage Man, 650, and then it's double figures for Kilcarney Royale, Just Folk, and Romancer. Look, he was impressive, King of Sparta, but do I want to take a horse that sevens the other day, comes out and wins and is now 280? Yeah, interesting one. Look, I'll touch on the map first. Serious Suspect will roll forward, and Kilcarney Royale won't be too far away. Looks to me that the rest of them will probably just sit back and wait for their runs, which is interesting. Uh, a couple of these have some sort of nice straight line speed, including shooting for gold and King of Sparta. He's probably the starting point in fairness. I don't know if they've got the price right with him. I thought the market disrespected him a little bit first up, King of Sparta at Caulfield, and he defied that drift and, and won really well in the end. Didn't really win by a big space. They were needed all of that, that run there over 1,200 at Caulfield. Interestingly, it's his first look at the straight. So I don't know if I want to take a price at 260, 270 for a horse's first look up the straight. I'm more inclined to, to sort of work around him. And, and what I am doing is having a look at it, uh, shooting for gold. So the Queensland Raider that's come down, it's interesting they've found Jamie Carr as well. She's obviously top line jockey over there and a bit of an unusual pairing here of O'Day and Hoisted. So I think that's enough tip uh, in itself to have a look there. It's it's down in the weights. It's got three kilos off the, off the favourite there. And I think it's got really good straight line speed as well. I would have liked to seen a little bit more um, as far as its campaign so far up in Queensland. It's running some pretty hot races and actually came out of the same race as King of Sparta up there, uh, the Healy up in up in Queensland, and actually went straight past King of Sparta that day. So King of Sparta was first up, granted, but I think shooting for gold has better straight line speed, and that's the distinct advantage you need at, at Flemington up the straight. So that's the horse I want to be with uh, from a betting perspective. Just a little saver is, is the bottom weight, Calcani Royale. It's a horse that I trust going up the straight. 
second up today, also down in the weights and should roll forward and be close enough. So I think that horse can run well as well at a pretty decent price. I'm going to avoid King of Sparta as well. He can definitely win, but I'm just going to steer clear. I'm with you shooting for gold for me, 54 kilos. Obviously a really nice weight for a pretty good five-year-old. I thought it was okay behind one Diva. Like that's a horse in form to run a length behind it. I'm happy to take four bucks here. I, I just think down the straight, looking forward to seeing the race. But yeah, shooting for gold around that $4 mark should get a little run for your money. The next race six, the Parade Lounge, <laughs> benchmark 84. I hope I'm not jeeing everyone up too much. Um, look, it's over 1620. We've got favourite here to shock who you'll mention in the speed map. It really does look like it's going to lead on its ear, doesn't it? So mm. 350, then Lyrical Lads 460. He's our Bonneval's 550 there with Borna King, who's a really interesting runner for Waller around that $6 mark. Somerset Morham is nine bucks and then all the rest are double figures. Here to shock looks to lead. Talk me through this, through this map. Like, Can I just say, mate, before we touch on the map, I've been to the Melbourne Cup once and the Parade Lounge is the place to be. Let me yeah. tell you, mate, that place is... Like, if anyone that, that's going down over the next couple of years, if you got plans... Guys, cough up the, I think it's, I don't know, 900 for the day or something. Cough it up, guys. Honestly, you'll make it back on the tips, mate, on the second again tips. The Parade Lounge is the place to be. But what, anyway. What, what, what's the Parade Lounge? What's it, what's your parade, parade Lounge is in almost the A1 spot. It's at about the 200, 250 metre mark. You can mm -hmm. literally wander out straight onto the front lawn. So you're right there close to the action. But if you stay in the Parade Lounge, you've got an unobstructed view above everyone. Insane, mate. Wander around with drinks, food. Um, bookies on site, everything you need. And the parade ring is right to your left. Everything you need, mate. Absolutely perfect. So anyone that heads down, Parade Lounge is the place to be, guys. I'll be there at um, come October, early November. <laughs> so anyway, touching on a map here. So as you said, Ned, here to shock's going to roll forward and looks to absolutely control this by itself. The other horse with a bit of speed is Brilliant Venture. It's drawn wide. So probably makes sense for them to try and roll forward and, and hopefully challenge this leader. Um, we are looking to go elsewhere with this. And one of those horses that will be in behind is Lyrical Lad. I love the booking of Jamie Mott. They're going to stick with him. Um, you know, st still sort of at that 58, 59 kilos. He just rides out. He doesn't bother going down to, to 55, 54. He doesn't create opportunities for himself. He just waits for these sort of opportunities here. And and um, yeah, I just love the booking of, of Lyrical Lad here for, for Jamie Mott. Um, was pretty good last start. I didn't mind the run. And Obviously, um, beat um, uh, Chief Altony a couple of starts back, and, and Chief Altony's got a pretty big rap on it. Even though it was unlucky that day, I just think Lyrical Lad's nice and honest. The challenge is, can they get out from that inside gate? That's probably the challenge. You've got to put your faith in Mott here. 1,700 back to the mile. The horse is nice and fit, and we'll give you a site for your cash. The other horse you mentioned as well, the interesting runner for Chris Waller and Brett Pebble, was uh, Borna King, a little bit further up in the weights. Interestingly, they've had a break between runs with a trial in between. Not normally the setup for Waller. So the horse has sort of had a busy campaign up to this point and they've tipped him out for a little month freshen up. So I'm not sure how much work went into the horse. and But um, the, the trial was not bad. Trial was not bad and it looked like a little bit of intent. But big concern with that horse is 2,000 back to the mile. Can it can it be effective enough and have that turn of foot over the mile? So main bet for me is Lyrical Lad for Jamie Mott. Um, and from there, Born a King, I'll probably have a little save on. It is a really interesting move from Waller, especially like this time of year coming into a little bit of the carnival. Like, I wonder if this horse he thinks is a bit of a player in some of those lesser races, the set weights and penalties races, group threes. 
looking forward to seeing what it can do. It is a Frankel horse as well, which you, you've always got to mention when there's a horse with Frankel next to its name. Mm. I'm with you though, lyrical lad. I, I do think it's the horse to beat. Heater shock looks to lead really easily, but I think if they're, if I'm just picking based on talent and the horse that I think is the best chance in the race, I'm going to go with lyrical lad. Race seven, the Rose Room. Um, it's over 2,500, uh, well, 2,530 actually. Um, top of the market, we got T Waters, is obviously super impressive. One by about three and a half lengths last start. So you can definitely see why it's favorite at 270. High emotion next line at 420 with horrifying and through Irish eyes. They're both at 480 as well. And then it's double figures the rest. So you go Dawn Patrol and then Saracen Knight, the rest are 20 plus. There's no value whatsoever in this race, like not even an inch of value. You've got a horse like through Irish eyes, who I've actually stuck my neck out for a few times and still hasn't managed to find a win this prep. I'm finding it really hard to not be with T Waters, Jacko. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't want to look too hard around a favourite. You don't just want to move around a favourite just for the sake of it. At the end of the day, one horse is going to win the race. What's the most likely winning chance? And then you try and work your prices back from there. So I guess it's sort of the mindset that you have as a punter. Are you always looking for value or sometimes it's just the most likely winning chance? And in this case, I think you agree it's T Waters. Just quickly on the map before we do do a bit of a deep dive, high emotion will roll forward. Um, horse hasn't won a race for a long time, but I think if if it's any day, it's today because he just rolls forward, looks to get it on his absolute own. Um, the other horse that can roll forward as well is horrifying. So that's the second second sort of horse in the market. Interestingly, that Craig Williams has moved off T Waters, who he rode last start, onto horrifying. So a little bit of a tip there. I don't know if there's pre-engagements involved there, but it's definitely something to, to look into. And between the prices as well, horrifying is that little bit more attractive. With that being said, I think T Waters is on the up. I believe what I saw last start, even though that day at Caulfield was pretty wet and there was big gaps throughout the day, I believe what I saw because that horse chased a really hot speed and kicked away and kept going away from him and didn't look like slowing down at all. So that little bit of step up in trip is no problem at all. The concern is, is that horrifying has come up, come out of a slow race, 2,800 back to 2,500. So, you know, the distance is no problem at all. And again, the booking of Craig Williams sort of scares me a bit, but I think T Waters would be close enough. It's got the, the this turn of foot that a lot of these runners don't. And it's on the up as well. And that's what you need to have as a stay. A lot of these stays just sort of take turns with these races. You mentioned through Irish eyes and a lot of these horses. I just think T Waters just is the best winning chance and the price is the price at the end of the day. Well, the listeners are going to genuinely think that we've sat there and done the form together, I reckon, because I just can't go around this favourite. I really can't. Um, 270, look, it's not a massive price, but I think there's just only so many good stayers in our ranks, especially this middle part of the year. The horse is going well. It was impressive enough last start. That's enough for me with 54 kilos. It's a bit of a, yeah, I reckon I might throw the kitchen sink at this one. I actually, if I'm going to have a bit of a play for the day, it's going to be definitely one of the ones. Race eight, the Skyline, the Skyline Lounge. So it's a different lounge. I haven't been to this one. Have you been to the Skyline? I haven't. I've heard that one's up in the clouds a little bit. So you've got to be a bit of a high roller, which I am not. Could be after listening to a few of these podcasts. Um, look, it's over 1,400. Nicolini Vito, it's 230 favourite uh, for Stackhouse and Hayes. Um, Zoltan as well is 650. Next line's William Thomas, 10 bucks with Reckoning. Um, Reckoning's also entered in Adelaide as well. It's favourite in Adelaide in its race. So be interesting to see if it even goes here. Um, winning partners around that $11 mark with Mr. Exclusive and Bams on fire. Jackson, what do you like? Do you like <sighs> I don't like anything. I don't like absolutely anything in this race. And I think that's fine to say on a weekend like this. 
we're still a couple of weeks out from from the good horses returning. There's going to be races like this where it's just a non-betting prospect. I'll touch on the map just for a bit of info for the punters, for anyone that is interested. Mr. Exclusive rolls forward with Desert Icon. I think those two can control it, make it a nice even tempo. Shandy's not too far away and turn on the charm will be thereabouts. Nicolini Vito's drawn a nice little um, middle gate and should be close enough. I've got it three pairs back, hopefully off the fence. Four punters that are backing him, but I can't have him at that price. He's, he's one of the shortest price runners on the day. And he he won by a narrow margin last start, and he was first up that day. Yes, he was he was pretty impressive, nice nice enough run up the straight. But is that the form you want to be with? Do you want to take two twenty the next start? Absolutely not. You start to look around Zoltan. I don't even know where that horse came from, what its form is. William Thomas is a horse that oh man, like I can't remember the last time he won a race, and he's very close to being single digits. So Ned, if you gave me ten grand, I wouldn't have a bet on this race. And that's with my money. With your money. With if, if you gave me 10 green cash, I would not have a bet on this race. <laughs> I, I'll I'll give some insight. So Nicolino Vito. Um, I will say any Hayes runner that is well found in the market, they usually do run really well. I always find that their horses, if they're well supported or if they're well found in a market, they they do tend to run to their quote. So if a horse is if they're saying that this horse is 230 and you like the horse by all means play because they've obviously got some sort of opinion. It's managed to stack up six wins and four placings from its 14 starts. So it goes, okay. I'm not going to have a bet at 2:30. You did touch on Zoltan. If I was going to have any form of play in this race, it would be Zoltan. Um, it's coming out of that race behind Edison, which has sort of been the main race of the last couple of weeks. It ran okay in that race. Last preparation, it ran in races behind Tuvalu and gentleman Roy who are handy horses. 650, if I was going to have any sort of play, it would be Zoltan. But again, probably be keeping the the wallet very close to the chest. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's one of those races you sort of sit back and assess. But I just want to expand on a point you made. You made a really good point about the market and, and how they've identified this horse. I think important to note as well is that we film on a Wednesday night. The market doesn't always get it 100% spot on so far out from the race. There's a lot of water that has to go under the bridge. But by the time we get to Saturday i.e. track conditions, i.e. scratchings, race pattern on the day, those sorts of things, the market will make adjustments. I'm of the opinion that this horse will get out. So if you are still keen on the horse, definitely wait because I think they'll start to play around it. But as you say, this camp, if there's market support on the day, it starts to come back and, and go the other way, definitely follow it. Like it. Final race on the card at Flemington. Uh, it's the Jockey Celebration Day Sprint. It's benchmark 84 over 1,100 up the straight to finish it all off. Look, Fires 225 for Hawks in those famous colours. Um, Thornton aboard as well. So it's been pretty well found. Chain of Lightning next line um, is five bucks. Squid Game $6 as well, who looks to be a pretty smart horse. Like they, they do have an opinion of this thing. Um, Exodus 10s with Pars Malotru at 14s and Sacred Palace at 18s and the rest are all 20 plus. What do you like? Well, let's kick it off with the map. I think Fire rolls forward with Baltimore Bullet, who's got that inside barrier. Selba Rosa uh, will probably boot up somewhere close as well. And Chain of Lightning for, for Peter Moody has a bit of speed as well. So can't be too far away and, and looks to be a bit of speed in behind as well. Sam's image, um, Nas Rawi's pretty, pretty speedy as well. So wouldn't be surprised to see a fair bit of pace on up here. I want to be with two horses each way. So I want to be with Fire up the front and I want to be with Squid Game out the back. I'll touch on the on the favourite first fire. I don't normally check in on a Wednesday, Ned, 
but I happened to be working uh, from home this day when when fire ran at Sandown on a Wednesday um, a couple of weeks back. Don't lie, you love a Wednesday pun. Don't I love a, I, I love I love a Wednesday pun. I love a Wednesday pun. Mum's not listening. It's all right. <laughs> no one listens. It's just you and me, mate. But anyway, <laughs> fire on this particular Wednesday that I just happened to be in front of the TV and racing.com happened to be on was absolutely breathtaking. Sat up just outside the speed, was a little bit green. So it hasn't had many starts, this horse. I believe it's had six starts, was very green. But once he straightened up, he put them absolutely away. He was very good in the end and was still going through the line and was actually soft in the end. So I've also seen as well, um, they asked Hawks, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but they asked him about five horses that he was keen on um over the over the spring and this was one of the first horses that he mentioned so a camp that only has sort of select amount of horses with the you know the, the sort of top bloodlines for a tip to come of that nature i'm just i'm following it mate i'm following it all the way home this horse has got bigger fish to fry it's it's well bred it's it's out of the best camp it's 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 definitely targeted to this race and it'll it'll win i reckon um but the horse that i want to follow from a backmarking perspective is squid game out the back just in case fire doesn't turn up. Squid Game is a horse that ran really well behind inundation, was pretty unlucky that day. The riding was sort of on the wall after that. He sort of got his chance and just took it last time out. Um, that was also up the straight and, and sort of just got the nose down on the end there. Um, was only a narrow margin in the end, but I thought he stuck the nose down and really won well in the end and happy to sort of follow up with him on an each way basis if fire doesn't turn up. But I really think this fire is, is pretty special and could be something and pretty keen to follow that horse going forward. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm going to go around fire. Not that I don't think the horse can win. I'm just going to go around the 225. I'm, I'm going to go with a horse called Chain of Lightning, um, number nine. It's around that $5 mark. It's only had three starts, so really, really lightly race. Put She's All Class to bed last start, who's a handy horse. Beat it by two lengths. It does draw gate 11, but does it matter? I don't think it matters up the straight. There's going to be a fair bit of speed. I think Chain of Lightning just sits just off the speed and, and gets its chance late. Um, I, I quite like the horse and I love the booking of car and, and Moody's just one of my favorite trainers getting around at the moment. So chain of lightning, it, it's definitely my top selection for the race. Yeah, definitely. And, and chain of lightning is a really interesting horse because he was supposed to jump out and start last week and actually broke the barriers, uh, and, and missed the run that day. So I don't know if there was an issue that day. I don't believe there was, I had a look at the stewards report. It was simply just broke the barriers and, and just ran through and, and, and didn't get the start in the end. So a week in between runs, is that a setback potentially? The horse has definitely got class though and comes out of the right camp. Fantastic. That's it for Flemington. We flick over to Randwick. So we're going to cover two races at Randwick. To be honest, the remainder of the card probably isn't too crash hot, but we have found two races that we like a couple of horses in. We're kicking off in race seven. And after this, we'll do race eight. So race seven, we've got the Recovery Partners Premier's Cup Prelude. Um, it's over 1,800 metres. A lot of these horses have sort of versed each other in the last couple of weeks, but they all come together after their few respective races. So top of the markets, Lord, Lord Ardmore, 310, was super impressive. Like really, really impressive last start leading from mm. go to blow. Alcione's 460 with Francesco Gardi as well at six. Skyman for Waller, he just got tons and tons of horses in these Sydney races. Um, it's 10 bucks. Arapaho, I don't even know how to say that, for Gibbons and Baker's 13s. Le Chevalier and Yee Yee is there at 19s. Of course, Yee Yee's there. This horse just 
<laughs> 50 day spell I bet this thing had <laughs> straight back to running seven so <laughs> what did you like Jacko did you have much of an opinion or is yeah it- oh it, it's one of those middle distance races that you can't really step in with a massive amount of confidence and I'll touch on the map as always and Arapaho I'm going to go with that for, for right. Bjorn Baker um Rolls forward from that wide barrier. I think it does lead. Skymax will be pretty close. And Lord Ardmore, I think they'd be silly not to go again with that horse. He was super impressive, as he said last start. I think they've got to be box seat with him or even potentially leaders back. So I would be um I'd be pretty keen to to sort of follow up with that horse. A lot of times what happens with these staying races, they take turns. They get to a certain level, they get to that sort of 80, 85 rating, and they just start to swap each each time. And normally mm-hmm. it's it's the Waller runners. With that being said, I still think that Lord Ardmore's on the up. He's third up today. He sort of had a really nice sort of even um, first up run, which you see a lot of the times with Waller. It's quite typical of his camp. Started out over 1,300, was nice, uh, ran second, albeit a, a long way behind the winner that day. Went out to, to 1,800 the next start. Booking a few Bowman was really intriguing. The horse went straight forward. Hugh Bowman kept him rolling. He actually broke away from the rest of the pack with another runner. I can't remember the the other runner's name um, at the moment. They broke off and were setting an absolute breakneck speed, and the horse just kept going. Francesco Guardi ran second that day, never ate into the margin at all, despite having a much softer running transit. So I think considering Francesco Guardi's still in the market and Lord Ardmore's not too far off as far as uh, as the prices go, I'm backing up. I think it's still on the up. Bowman sticks, 1,800. Um, will be box seat close enough. I think it's cash. There you go. Plenty of confidence there for Lord Ardmore. Um, again, I'm going against you. So we actually haven't done the form together, punters. We have not done the form together. I like Alcione. He gets 52 kilos with Reese Jones. Look, the horse performs well first up, and it did come out and perform really, really well. I thought it was a strong performance over 1,500. Beat Fiordland by two and a half lengths. Now, this is a horse that was a derby prospect, entered in for derbies and whatnot. So I know that the distance isn't going to be a problem. This horse lost by a length to Mr. Brightside, Brightside last preparation, and that horse has come out and won a Doncaster. If Alcione is, goes on with the, the way that I think it's going to go on after its first up run, I think 460 in this type of race is a really, really nice price with 52 kilos. So I'm pretty keen to see what it does. I know Cummings has some sort of opinion of it. So definitely, it does. definitely. And, and just, just going back to our, our last episode that we did before our little layoff, we did mention Reese Jones as a jockey to follow. So good to see we're backing up and we don't just, just spit out a bit of gas for everyone every now and again, we actually back up what we say. Definitely occasionally anyway. Um, <laughs> now this is probably the biggest race of the day. Um, it's exciting to see some of these horses bat back. It, it, it does bat really deep this race. So I'm, I'm bloody excited to see some of these horses. Look, 1,200 metres, it's the missile stakes at Randwick. Um, Forbidden Love's back, $3.10. Looks like she's going to get some form of wet track again as well, which is what she absolutely relished in in the autumn. She just kept on winning. Um, she's three ten. Huey Bowman again. So going to be mighty hard to beat. Count to rupees, five bucks. Bellucci Babe next line at six with Embracer at sevens. Then you've got Nimely who came out and won a group one on one of those leaders tracks one day at 40s. Um, Alal's first up. 14 bucks, Gem Song 19s, Wonder Bar, Enchanted Heart. It's a really, really nice race to sort of just, just wet the mouth a little bit leading into the into the spring, just of what we actually do have coming up. Definitely. And and probably to, to the point of those wet tracks and those leaders tracks that we had over the autumn, this is probably the real first acid test for 
do you trust that form? What what happened in the autumn and, and is it going to stand up in the spring? Because as most of the punters would know, those tracks were just out of control. They were strange. They were weird. They were bottomless. They were heavy 30s. The, I'm pretty sure the rating stops at 10, but really it was a 30 most weekends. And, you know, the the, the washouts and and the the postponed meetings started, be, started to become the norm. They were just happening every other sort of three weeks, four weeks, whereas four or five years ago, it would be once a year. So pretty keen to see how these horses stand up because a few of them were up and about during the autumn. So keen to see what happens here. I'll touch on the map first. So prime candidate for Bjorn Baker rolls forward. Forbidden love with Bowman. Again, that partnership with Freeman is just deadly. They had a really busy and, and really productive campaign and took out a lot of big races and, and you know, wasn't far off in some of the biggest as well. So that horse had a super campaign. Keen to see how they return. Um, Embracer rolls forward as well for, for Waterhouse, as most of her horses do. I think Bellucci Babe is not far away as well. So those are probably the four that I've got um, in the first couple of pairs and, and the rest just sort of sit back and run on. Um, I am interested in Forbidden Love. Couple of queries with her. Number one is, is she going to be suited at 1200? First up, I'm not sure. And the big, big query for me is, what sort of track are we going to get on the weekend? She goes the best in those really heavy going whether it be first up, second up, at any stage of her prep, she needs it heavy, or at least, you know, well into the soft range to be going. At the moment, they're at soft seven. Bit of rain about tomorrow. Friday looks to be clear, and Saturday looks dry as well. So we might rock up to a soft six on Saturday, and we might be looking at a bigger price for Forbidden Love. I think they've got targets down the track with her. Obviously, Bowman's booked. He, he just wants to stick with that horse all the way through. So that's a bit of a tip there. But I just think 1,200 first up, she's off one trial. Some of these other horses have had two trials. I'm keen to just let her go around. A lot of respect to her, to that camp, that jockey. I know that she's got the most class in this race, but I just want to tip around her just today. One of those horses that had two trials was Bellucci Babe. Definitely a target for this horse. I'm, I'm pretty keen on, on what they're going to do with this horse here. Um, at a decent price as well. So you should be able to get $6.650 around here. As I said, had two trials and it's definitely suited at the 1200, whereas some of these other horses like Nimalee, Forbidden Love, some of the other classy horses want 1400 and longer. If you look at this horse's form, being Bellucci Babe, uh, last three starts before those two trials was behind Shelby 66 in the Galaxy, then ran Nature Strip Eduardo and Paul Laley, ran fourth behind those three runners in the TJ. Yes, it was a big margin, but they were all big margins behind Nature Strip on that day. He was just too good. And then went to the um, went to the Sapphire and was just behind Bella Nipotina. So that's enough form there for me to be able to get interested at $6. Two trials were good. Won the second trial. This is intent. Bjorn Baker's got this thing ready. I think they're ready to go. And last but not least, the jockey booking. J-Mac, bang, first up. Yeah, look, consistent horse. I don't think it's missed a top four in its last 10. So if you're looking for a horse that's consistent or can run a place for you for multis or whatever, it's probably a really nice horse for that. Um, look, Forbidden Love, she's looking towards a wink stakes, you'd think, on the 20th of August. You'd think that's probably the direction they're heading over 1,500, 1,500, 1,600. I don't think that this is in any way, shape or form her even semi or prelim final. So I'm just going to let her do her thing at 310. If she wins, she's just classy. When the nominations for this race came out, I was sort of hoping that this horse would be around the $15 mark and they've dropped seven bucks and that's Embracer. The horse had two trials for Gay and Adrian. It didn't go that great last preparation, but it was racing in just company that was just way too far out of its league, like behind Nature Strip. It ran in an Everest. This horse came out, had a nice trial one by a couple of lengths, and then it's trialed again on the 29th of 
of July and won by nine in a trial, hands and heels. This horse is obviously going well. Gay and Adrian have got a bit of a thing of making these horses that are just back in the ruck. They can lift them up again and make it turn them into a really nice horse. The fact that the market has it at $7 tells me that, that, that a lot of people agree as well. So I'm going to go with Embracer. I'm just going to have a play at 7 bucks. It might do nothing, but in terms of just my the instinct and then the way that I'm looking at the race, I just think there's something that to be said about this horse. It, it just smells of something weird. I don't know. Yeah, very interesting runner. Very interesting runner, and and comes out of the right camp as well. Anytime you see those, you know, intense trials from from that camp, you just got to pay attention. So, yes, the price is not what we wanted, but very very interesting runner, and does stink a little bit. Jacko. What do you like around the country? Have we found anything anywhere random? Race one at Randwick, anywhere yeah. Ubbo? Like, what have we? Is there anything? Look, I'm not going to go to Alice Springs or or anywhere like that, or Kalgoorlie or anything like that. I'm going to leave all that alone. Um, you never know. Yeah, not not yet. Let's let's wait until spring heats up and some of the nice horses get out there. <laughs> till till they till they replace the llamas with actual thoroughbreds at some point. <laughs> anyway, I'm going a little bit early in the day at Sydney. I'm not going to look too far around. I'm playing it nice and short, and this is race four. I'm going Conqueror. This is all the way down the bottom of the weights. William Pike, Chris Waller, it's got 53 kilos. This horse has only had one start. Debuted on a midweeker in February. Uh, that was at the Kenzo. I just want to sort of just rattle off a couple of names that this horse beat on that day. Seven Vowels ran second. Nice horse for, for uh, Newnham. She's extreme. We know what that horse has done since then. Beaten Fireburn. Um, just just an absolute machine. Looks like a, a very, very serious three-year-old for some big, big um, races for the spring. Beat that horse by a length and a half in that maiden. Mm-hmm. I look further down. I look at Alpha One, ridden by Tommy, Tommy Berry on that day. Came out at Mooney Valley on Saturday in a black-type race for one of the first three-year-olds of the season and absolutely brained them at Mooney Valley. So... That's enough tips around for me. They've thrown up black odds. You should be able to get 210, 215 at the moment for this horse. Book William Pike, Chris Waller, nice little trial in between. Yes, it's first up. I just think it's cash. I think this is probably the best winning chance anywhere around the country. So do you like it? Mate, this cash. Cash. (laughs) Jeez, that's a wrap. (laughs) Look, you really like this thing, don't you? I'm keen, mate. And do you know what? I'm not in the Pike fan club as well. I don't want to offend any viewers about, you know, what we say about the jockeys sometimes. If, if you've got a bit of a man crush on some of these guys, I'll put my hand up and say, I'm not in the Pike fan club, but he, he just has to stay aboard this thing. There you go. Well, I'm not going to give you something with that much confidence, but we're heading north for mine. <laughs> Doombin, <laughs> race six, joviality, Waller and Orman. They take on a pretty ordinary field. You get 350. The horse won well. Beat a horse called Starla last start, who I know Waller has half an opinion of up there. Yeah, that'd be enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Joviality, I don't mind it. I'm probably not going to have much of a bet, but if you're feeling something up there and you can't get a winner in Flemington or, or, or Sydney, Doombin, race six, Joviality, there you go. Definitely, definitely. And, and just quietly as well, it looks like both the tracks in Melbourne and Sydney are going to be a little bit wet on the weekend. So if it's starting to shit, yeah, looking at those wet tracks, definitely have a look up north and, and follow Ned's tip. Now, I nearly signed off on the podcast. I Can't sign off. Thank you very much. But um, it's just been a couple of weeks, Jacko. I'm mm. sorry, mate. Um, look, not much needs to be said, but so much needs to be said. <laughs> the man's on a tear. He's been on a tear even while the podcast hasn't been happening. 
I just message him at four o'clock in the afternoon and say, mate, we haven't put up a best Western yet. Have you got one for me? And he goes, no worries. Give me six minutes. Sends me some fucking thing at 6.30, some number, some race. He goes, can you post this? And I go, yeah, sure thing. He sends me a message with a couple of firecrackers. I know it's one. Jackson, best Western, talk to me. Have you, have you found this one? I know yes. the prices aren't up yet, but have you found this one? Yes, prices aren't up till about five minutes before the race over there. So <laughs> we, we, we wouldn't expect it to be up uh, on a Wednesday night. But, mate, we do have one. We're going halfway through the card. <laughs> We're going halfway through the card. We are in race five. Now, I haven't done this before, but I'm going to tip a horse for three weeks in a row for the best Western. So... Bye. We were very, very close, mate, to going hat-trick. We were close to going three weeks in a row. And I just want to mention as well that the Best Western continues to run at 60% clip. It's it's unheard of, mate. It's unheard of. Chris Parnham just missed the boat last week. Um, we're going on the quick backup for the Velvet Queen. This is race five. He just missed the boat last week and couldn't reel in that that really um, that really smart type ginger flyer um, last time. Up in trip now, up to 2,200 for this horse. Stays down in the weights and it gets really nicely treated on that weight scale. And Parnham sticks. I think it's enough tips for me. The top weight reliable star is a half decent type. Um, I know a lot of the punters don't have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about here, but the top weight is a half decent type reliable star. But I just think the Velvet Queen with five kilos off that horse, Chris Parnham sticks up in trip, finished off really nicely last start. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more close, but this is a small field this week. So it can't be more than three, four lengths off. She's got the best turn of foot. I think she wins. Fantastic. There you go. The best Western has been spoken. Um, that's it for tips. I just want to say quickly, we've got some really exciting news coming next week as well. Um, the podcast will have another guest next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We've pretty much locked it in, but we just want to make sure we keep ourselves covered. So we're not going to mention who the guest is, but it's a really, really exciting guest. I think it's one that the listeners are really going to enjoy listening to. And I'll be telling friends of mine that aren't even involved in racing about it because this guy's just got such an amazing story and I can't wait to sit down and have a bit of a yarn with him. Definitely, definitely. Big character coming in next week, guys. So exciting times, definitely at the start of spring as well. So like I say, a couple of weeks left to the big horses coming back. But mate, we didn't even mention that we tip half the card at Week on Saturday or Rose Hill, <laughs> sorry. We tip half the card, mate. We didn't even fucking mention it. I've got a story for that as well. We've tipped five out of 10 winners on the Randwick card, um, which is obviously really nice. And we had a pretty good day with a couple of $8 shots and $5 shots and just in the middle of July, why not? Um, as you do. And we could have tipped nine. So me and Jackson obviously send each other tips back and forth and we just sort of pick together what we think we should put on our tip sheet. And yeah, out of the 10 races between our two tips, we've tipped nine out of 10. So yeah. if that interests anyone, it probably doesn't because we didn't tip them to you, but yeah. But that, but that's that's the value of the potty, right? When we do film and we do record, we both give our opinions, mate. And between the two of us, there's a fair bit of cash there, mate. Absolutely. It's um it's good. It's it's good that we've been able to keep it rolling while we haven't been been going. But guess what? We are back. We're back in a big way and we're not going anywhere. So Thank you very much for listening. Next week's just a massive mammoth podcast. We'll have, um, there'll be good racing everywhere and we're going to have a really special guest on. So Jacko, mate, it's been a pleasure to be back. Keen as, mate. See you soon. Thanks, mate.